The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. This is Robin Nelson with another edition of Wrestle Podcast. And my guest tonight is professional wrestler and referee, Jesse Hernandez. How's it going, Jesse? I'm doing very well. How about you, Robin? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, thank you for coming on. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure indeed. So how is it over in uh, California? In Southern California. It's, um, it's windy. It's sunny and windy out here. <laughs> Dang, I miss those California weather when I grew up out there. I'm in this cold, crazy weather in the Midwest. <laughs> I can imagine <laughs> I can't imagine how it is out there. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's why I miss that dry heat in California. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> okay, Jesse. Um, so, uh, what got you to fall in love with pro wrestling? You know, when when I was younger, uh, growing up and stuff, uh, through junior high school, high school and stuff, you know, I was never able to get involved in, in sports. In any sports activities, our family we had a business. We had a a, a movie theater that we had to run. And uh, at the age of thirteen, that's when we came out to San Bernardino from up north from Salinas. And uh, and all we did, well, yeah, you know, I went to school and then we worked the theater. Uh, I was never allowed to join sports because of, you know because of work. And so once I actually once I got married. Uh, well, I had gone to the wrestling match even before then, but once I once I got married, I decided, you know, um, you know, I, I went back to well, let me start all over again. I was a wrestling fan for my, you know, when I was very young, and then once I got to uh, to be a teenager, I kind of uh, went off to the side and started partying with my buddies and just hanging around. And then once I got married, then I had to settle down. Of course, I couldn't party anymore. And that's when I went back to wrestling. And um, I became friends with um, with the Guerreros and stuff, um, especially Hector. And he and I was, you know, talked for quite a while, you know, uh, in the lobby at the Everdeen Arena. And one day, uh, this one individual, uh, Juan Hernandez, uh, he walked by and then he, uh, he was wanting to get involved in wrestling, but he didn't know how. He said he knew a little bit um about tumbling and certain things you know about wrestling and so i suggest i asked him i said hey if you need somebody um to train with i mean i'll do it for the exercise and uh you know maybe we can hook up and go to the y and it took him about a while, about a month or so before he actually called me back and we started training we trained at the ymca we didn't have a ring it was just our network and we you know we did what we thought we were we thought we were doing the right thing. I don't know. But nonetheless, uh, we trained for almost a year there. And um, eventually, uh, they allowed us. Um, I had a friend that sold tickets at the old San Rodin Arena. And I asked him, hey, man, we'd love to be able to train in the ring. So he allowed us to come in on Sundays when they had the shows a little bit early, like at 1 o'clock, he came in to open up the box office to do his uh, ticket sales, you know, in advance. And, um, and he allowed us to work out in the ring. But I didn't want to get him in, in trouble, so I eventually got permission from Jeff Walton, who was the San Bernardino promoter for, for the Mike LaBelle promotion, and uh, finally convinced him, you know, that uh, into letting us uh, use the ring 
because I didn't want my buddy to get in trouble. And um, and, and so, but I, I will ask, uh, I will talk to Goliath, he is a great Goliath who lived uh, in San Bernardino as well, and uh, about coming out and helping us out, and eventually he did, and we started training with him. Uh, and I think we must have, must have put, on, put in maybe almost a year of training with him as well, besides uh, almost a year, you know, at the point of day. So that was almost two years of training before we actually had our first match. Yeah, he got us hooked up uh, in a match in Tijuana, Mexico against Remy Sperio and uh, and his partner at the time, Pequeño Polo. That was our first match, and we made a, a good impression because um, uh, nobody was, was able to, nobody would give us a break. It was a very hard business to get into, you know, and even with Goliath being a wrestler, it was hard for him to... Um, to get us uh, anywhere, so, I mean, you know, this, this one individual that wanted to re- to use Goliath as a wrestler that night, or for, for a couple of shows out in, uh, in Tijuana, you know, he told me, you know, I'll work for you with the condition that you give my voice a break, and that's what started it all. Once we got our first match, then I started right away, started working for the Michael, for the LaBelle promotion, I mean, uh, we wrestled on Sunday by the following uh, Thursday, by the following Thursday, we wound up wrestling out in, uh, what, what, I think it was uh, Fresno. They, they went to Fresno, then I came back and did a show on Catalino on, on, on the Sunday, uh, right after. And then I, we went back to Tijuana a uh, week after that for a revenge match against uh, against the same opponents, and they wound up putting us over. So that was uh, quite a compliment. I bet it was. And that's how I got in there, man. So, um, you also um, were part of a tag team called, called the Friars. The Friars, wrestled, you know, as the Friars. As the Friars, uh, wearing a mask and, you know, kind of like a Friar Tuck gimmick. We used a candle and come out like we're praying. and <laughs> It was a fun gimmick. I bet it was. Um, so, while you were uh, working for Mike LaBelle, what you said uh, earlier, um, is he the one that got you into WWF? You're, you're breaking up? Oh, okay. I, um, it, uh, I'll talk a little louder. I know it's windy where you're at. Um, since, since, let, me, let, me, let me take it inside. Uh, okay, that's fine. I'll go to the garage. It's less windy. Yeah, that's probably why you didn't hear me because it was windy at your at your. Yeah, room. that's probably what it was. Let me have to <laughs> uh, it's a little quieter in here. Oh, that sounds better. <laughs> yeah, this will help. This will be much better. Now I can hear better. Now, uh, when you were talking about Michael Bell, um, he's the one that got you into the uh, World Wrestling Federation. That is correct. That is correct. Uh, I um. You know, uh, when he uh, when he sold the territory to Vince McMahon, he got rid of. Uh, well, you know, he couldn't promote anymore. And um, and uh, what 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 got me in good in good with Mike was the fact that um, uh, as I was uh, wrestling for him, uh, I I just wanted to be a wrestler, but they uh, the promotion wanted to get rid of a referee at the time that was working for them, and uh, Tom Bernesto, who was a booker. Tom Renesto is um, one of the original mass, uh, assassins. Him and Jody, Jody Hamilton were the, uh, the assassins way back in the day. And he was, uh, he was the matchmaker. He was, you know, the booker. And he asked me, Jeff, I, I, I want you to start refereeing for us. 
I said, refereeing? I'm a wrestler. I don't want to referee. <laughs> he said, look, man, you're always going to be making money. You're always going to be working, whether you're going to be wrestling or you're going to be refereeing, but you're always, you're always going to be busy. So I said, all right. So then he, uh, I agreed. And then uh, and he says, oh, well, we'll call you. Because uh, I was, of course, I was wrestling with a mask because I was the fire at the time. He said, we'll call you Jesse Hernandez. Jesse Hernandez, why? Why Hernandez? Oh, that's my mother's maiden name. <laughs> so oh, that's cool, man. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> so, um, so that, that 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 that's how I got in. And um, and once I uh, I started working more as a referee and stuff, you know, um, I wanted to uh, I wanted to help the promotion out. I I noticed that that things were uh, you know the crowd wasn't getting in there like they they were before, you know. And uh, and I wanted to help out. I said I told the. Uh, uh, Jeff Walton, I said, Jeff, why don't we um, why don't you get some posters and flyers and I'll pass them out in the area, you know, I'll hit all this uh, uh, the surrounding cities in, uh, nearby and we should be able to get more people in the building. And so um, yeah, I, I don't think he really wanted to do it, but he, eventually, I guess I pressured him enough that eventually he called me one day, go, go to the Go to the Greyhound station, pick up a box. I got, I got you some posters and flyers for you to pick up so you can start doing this crap. He said, <laughs> I said, all right. So uh, yeah, I did. He sent me like 300. He was sending me like 300 posters and 5,000 flyers, man. And I started putting that stuff out. The, 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 uh, I mean, it made a big difference at, 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 in San Bernardino, at the house there, man. I started packing them in. And uh, finally, you know, after I don't know how many times of doing this, Tom Renesto calls me and says, hey, I'm coming out to San Bernardino. I want you to show me where, what you're doing with these flyers, where they're going at, because um, uh, Mike wants to um, compliment, you know, the, wherever you're putting the, pos- uh, the the posters up, you know, putting their name on on the uh, on, on, our, on, on our flyer, you know. And so then um, I said, all right, that's good. So we went out for a ride, and I took him everywhere, man. And he started writing all those names of different liquor stores and, you know, places and um making conversation i came up with a with an idea of uh you know an angle you know and just to make conversation i didn't think he was going to take it serious you know so i, I came up with this idea I just, you know well, why don't we do this uh, everybody knows that i referee everybody, you know the, the the fans i mean i sell tickets in advance uh the during the day or the afternoon and then i i go out and referee i go out and wrestle whatever you know and I says, um, I came up with this idea uh, because during intermission, I will go out and sell advance tickets. And uh, right at ringside, I said, before intermission, this, there's a match with this one individual. I, I can't think of the guy's name at the, at the time. I, I thought it was, you know, I thought, I thought the guy's name was, uh, and uh, it was God something or other, gosh, I can't think of it. Nonetheless, um, he's wrestling. Um, he used his foot on the rope to pin uh, El Monarca, you know, this guy from Mexico. And, and um, I can't, you know, I, 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 and I snitch him off to the referee. And then the referee gets mad at, you know, for, for you know, at the guy for, for putting his foot on the rope for the pin. And he, he extends the match. And this match will continue, you know, and causing him to lose the match eventually. And so then the guy gets pissed off. I, I'm out there selling the, the tickets at ringside, and he attacks me. I drop a couple of tickets here and there, you know, a, a bit of change and stuff. 
and we fight outside, we bring it back in, and we're bending out of that, you know, just fighting. Eventually, they separate us, and then I make a challenge to him, hey, you know, for what you've done, you know, why don't you wrestle me next week? I, I want to, I, you know, I, I want to take a little revenge for what you've done. And um, so we came up, I came up with that idea, I told, the, I told it to uh, Tom and started liking it, and I was really surprised because, I mean, uh, you know, I, mean, I was still green in the business. I was still very young in the business. I mean, I started in 80, in 81, and this is like, maybe, what, 82, 83, something like that, you know? And um, probably the beginning of 82, or, uh, or or 80, the beginning of 83, I should say, probably. Anyway, not, what happened was um, uh, I came up with more ideas for the match and stuff, and he, he liked it. I said, we can have my, my, my tag team partner, you know, sitting, you know, uh, because he also refereed without a, you know, he didn't, he worked as a, as a, as a mass wrestler, but he also refereed. So the, the fans know him as a referee. I, I came up with the idea of him uh, as, a, as a wrestling, uh, this, this guy, Rod, whatever his name was, Rod Price, whatever. Uh, not the not the Rod Price that I know as a good friend of mine at, at the moment, but this, another guy with a similar name. Uh, he was from Tennessee, as a matter of fact. Uh, but I don't know if I have his name correct or not. Uh, during that match, I get a, I get there's uh, I came up with the idea of having a couple of the Mexican wrestlers come in and and and, uh, and help him beat the hell out of me. In the meantime, as I'm getting my ass kicked, uh, I suggested that Juan, my tag team partner, will come in and to, along with uh, I suggested uh, Chris Adams to come in and save me. And, uh, and Tom says, no, he can't be Chris Adams. Uh, it'll be my son because uh, Chris Adams is leaving for Texas. I said, all right, whatever, you know. And so, and that's what happened, you know. I, and we, we, we did that match. Uh, and uh, Gosh darn, man. Uh, I, I did that match. I, 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 this guy saved me. And then we want to come back with a tag match. And on that tag match, uh, that six-man tag match, it's supposed to take place like the following week. We, I get to the arena. I'm selling tickets. Jeff Walton comes in and he says, yes, we're not doing that match today. I said, why not? Uh, because Foster is on the card and I want you to get credit for, for, you know, for the angle and everything. And I said, wow, you know. So what are we going to do? So you're going to go outside and you go, you guys are going to pick it. Well, you know, because complain to the people that I'm not giving you that match. And if you get enough signatures, that you'll have that match the following week. And the whole purpose of that was he wanted me to get full credit for the attendance because they had Nick Moscatus on the car that night. And, uh, and so then uh, so we're out there. People are showing up. Uh, they're kind of getting to the building. What's going on? What's, what, what are you doing, Jeff? You know, I said, hey, Jeff Walton won't give us this match. It's not sanctioned and this and that. It's, a, it's more like a, you know, it's not a professional match. <laughs> and so then, but if we get enough signatures, maybe, maybe we can do that in the near, very near future. So people start signing our, our cardboard that I had out there. And uh, Moscow's comes in. He's got Channel 9 behind him, you know, filming him as he's coming into the arena. Then they see what we're doing out here. And he winds up walking inside by himself. By himself and we're, the cameras are, all the attention is on us. And we tell the Channel 9, hey, this is what's happened, you know, that, you know, we were promised a match and now the promoter won't give it to us and that, whatever, you know. And, and I think that's what did it with Mike Lavelle, you know, uh, because when he sold out to, um, to Vince McMahon, 
he uh, and he knew that I was in I was on layoff from my job that I had at the time. He took care of me. He 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 got rid of all his office personnel because uh, his job was now to be the, the California promoter for for Vince McMahon uh, because Vince didn't have the, the the California promoter's license and Mike did, you know, and and he had sold his rights to him. So he still kept his office open and he had to come in on Monday to help out. Yeah, do different chores for him, you know, run to the bank, do this, whatever, you know. And um, and then when Vince started sending the tapes for uh, for Channel 9, we did the, I delivered the tapes to the station. We did nine weeks of television before they had the actual first show out here. And uh, I remember they only drew, WWF drew up in, in L.A. only, what, 2,000 people on the first show. Because uh, the, the fans here weren't that familiar with the uh, with the talent that they had in New York, you know everything was done out here for you know by Mike, and uh, the first show was San Diego, and the, the very next night was uh, L.A. and um, but that, that's how I got in. Right? You know I I did all the all the footwork for for uh, for Mike. Uh, I, I had to make sure that we had a doctor in attendance. I. You know, I mean, I had to make sure everybody got licensed, and yeah, it was, you know. But that's what got me motivated into uh, into promoting, you know. By and then Mike Mike LaBelle could not promote anymore himself. So anytime somebody wanted to uh, run a show or they needed a show, he would pass that information to me. He says, "Yes, you're going to get a call from so and so. Sell the show for so much, you know. You send me so much, and you you know you pay the boys that much, and we keep the rest." I said, "Wow, you know." That's pretty much how I got into it, you know, how I, I became a promoter myself. It was such a beautiful experience. And when you were over the WWF, um, you became friends with uh, Bruno San Martino. Well, yeah, yeah. The, the Bruno later on came in and then, you know, uh, was brought back to WWF and, and we did some uh, some other stuff together. We worked on a movie with uh, Roddy Piper Body Slam. And uh, there was a scene where we're watching, you know, guys like Rick Claire, uh, Bruno, myself, and uh, Adam Al Casey and other wrestlers were sitting ringside. And then I start a fight scene uh, <laughs> while the match is going on. I, uh, Bruno, I don't know, I turned Bruno to hit him, and he hits me first, and that started everything. Everybody started fighting, you know. It, it was neat. It was what a, what a beautiful experience, and I'll tell you. The memories I have of all that, just incredible, incredible. And uh, and then, of course, uh, uh, Bruno wound up working with uh, uh, UWF, uh, Herb Abrams promotion. I, was, I used to work for him as well. And, uh, you know, so, you know, we'd run into each other quite often. Uh, and, and But, you know, the very last time that I saw Bruno, he, didn't have, he had already you know, shaved his head, you know. For all those years that I had known him, he always had hair. But there was a convention out out here in, in L.A. by the airport, and uh, I, and I walked in and into this one uh, room, and from afar I see this this, uh, this fellow looking at me like he sees me and he's looking straight at me, but I didn't recognize him. I didn't recognize him, and I said, Who, "Who's I don't know who's that? He's just staring at me, you know, like looking for me and stuff." So I started walking towards that way. And, um, and it was Bruno. I, you know, you didn't recognize him with his bald head. <laughs> and I said, oh, my God. You know, so 
happy with that. We're just so happy to see him then. And uh, I hope that man rest. I, I, I hope that he's in peace. Rest his soul, man. Such a great person. What, what an honor to have known him. I bet it was. Um, I bet you probably had some great stories. Do you have any great stories with you and Bruno besides Body Slam, the film? No, 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 just uh, no, not, 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 nothing in particular, you know, just, you know, just friends, that's it, you know, when we run into each other, that was pretty much it. Um, so when you um, had your wrestling career, I know you uh, refed as well. Um who did you have the great chemistry uh, with in the ring that you could work with over and over again in your career? Oh, man, you know, uh, I, I, a great Goliath. I, I won that wrestling Goliath, and he made me look like a million dollars one time, man, and my trainer, you know. I mean, we had such an amazing match that <laughs> there was a fan that used to come out to San Bernardino, and when he saw that match, he literally wanted to become my manager. I mean, real-life manager, you know? And, and because Goliath made me look like a million dollars on that match. And Jeff Walton, of course, you know, we can't have this guy manage it. He's just a fan, you know? And so he tried to make it very difficult for him, you know? He says, he says look, you can't, you, you know, to, to manage uh, Jesse Hernandez, you know, and not as a friar, but as Jesse Hernandez, was a baby, I, uh, I was wrestling as a babyface. And uh, he says, you have to, you know, you have to pay his bills. <laughs> <laughs> he was just trying to make it difficult for him. You, you know, you, you got to pay him. You got to do this. You got to do, and, and you got to get a bond, and you know, uh, and so on and so on, and, and try to make it difficult for the guy. And, and but the guy won't budge. He still wanted to become my manager, you know, my real life manager. <laughs> and so uh, they used an excuse, you know, where. I guess he, he got a. Here, the guy was sitting ringside, and he pushed somebody. He pushed somebody, or he pushed some, one of the other managers, or whatever, you know. And and then he got kicked out, never to be seen again. <laughs> but they they used to just get 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 him away from the thought of, uh, of getting involved in in our business, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but the guy was serious, man. The guy was serious. And you're probably going, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just enjoying it. I said, what the heck, man? I couldn't believe it. Hey, let's talk about Bill Anderson. How'd you end up meeting up with uh, Bill Anderson? Bill Anderson, uh, Bill Anderson, and uh, well, you know, he came in at the very, you know, to the tail end of uh, the the LaBelle promotion, you know, and uh, and when he came in, you know, he didn't realize that, uh, you know, the end was, you know, coming near. I, I think what happened, you know, and it's just my own thought that Vince was out, Vince and Mike were already making plans on, you know, and uh, Mike LaBelle was already planning on selling out the promotion. And that's the reason, I believe that that's the reason that he wasn't bringing in new, new talent, you know. Uh, the talent was getting a little stale and he wasn't really pushing, you know, for big names to come in to the territory. Uh, because he, he, he knew that, you know, sooner or later he was, you know, he was already making plans on, uh, and, and selling out to Vince. Uh, so when when Bill came in, that was about you know you know towards the tail end, uh, and uh, and that's one of the guys that um, 
that Mike LaBelle wanted to take care of as far as, you know, when I went out and flyer, you know, he could take Bill with you, that way he could, give him a, he could make a little extra money, you know. And so we became buddies and stuff, you know. And and, 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 and so what happened uh, later on, as um, Bill had a, a wrestling school over in, um, in uh, Simi Valley, I guess it was, uh, it's called Slammers. Where it was a wrestling school in, called Slammers out in that in the valley, I guess. And somehow he had problems with the with the guy that he was dealing with. And all of a sudden he didn't have no place to uh, to train the guys. By then, by then Goliath and I had split. You know, we kind of uh, went our separate ways. And uh, so I had the school to myself, my, myself, well, myself and another partner. And uh, Bill asked me if he could, you know, if he didn't. If, he, if I didn't mind if he trained his guys at my school once in a while, you know, or whatever, once a week or whatever. And so I, I, I allowed that to happen. And, um, but the partner that I had at the time, for some reason, he didn't really like Bill. And so I had a fallout with my old partner and, and had Bill come in. And, and pretty soon we became partners in the school. And, uh, and then we started promoting and, um, we started promoting, uh, not not under the EWF name, but you know we had a different name at the time, and and, uh, and with time uh, we created the Empire Wrestling Federation, and that happened like in 1996 when we started Empire Wrestling Federation, and uh, we uh, and we had a great school. We had a great school together. Uh, a lot of the, our guys were. Uh, we're working for WWE, you know, you know, uh, putting the guys over, putting the stars over, uh, and uh, but somehow, you know, uh, we had to fall apart. <laughs> we, we we went our separate ways later on, and uh, it wasn't a very it wasn't a very happy moment for 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 us. Uh, I think we kind of feuded a little bit over it, you know, a, a lot of tension. A, a, you know, but, and that's what, uh, and that, that situation got one of our, a guy that had, uh, Augie Max, Augie Max uh, put us on a little TV show that, uh, years before then, but uh, he was a big uh, EWF fan, and, but he became, uh, you know, he's a producer now, he does a lot of, uh, produces a lot of shows, uh, on TV, uh, the, the 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 Oscars. You know, he he helps out in the Oscars and different you know different different projects. You know, very successful, very successful individual. And but he uh, he's always believed that we gave him the start by allowing him to run a uh, a small TV show with us. And uh, and so then he's the one that started producing, or started filming this documentary. Uh, for us, uh, for for me anyway, out of appreciation for giving him the start, and that's the uh, the school of hard knocks. Uh, uh, it's uh, it's called um, the school of hard knocks uh, uh, movie. Uh, the story of uh, a professional wrestling story is called, you know. And so he's almost done with it. I'm, I'm, I mean, he was hoping to get it done by now, but with everything going on. Uh, you know, with this virus and stuff, I, I don't know now when when it's actually going to come out. 
Um, also, since you um, have your Empire Wrestling Federation um, School of Hard Knocks, you've trained a lot of uh, big names in there. Um, you trained Candice LeRae and Melina Paris. Paris. Well, yeah, Melina Paris. Mm-hmm. So, so um, what was it like training uh, Candice LeRae and uh, Melina Paris? Oh, well, you know, Candice was very young. She was very young at the time. I, she, to me, she must have been probably 12 years old, 11, 12 years old when she was training with us out here. You know? But Melina, she was uh, such a quiet, you know, uh, uh, very, very polite. And I knew she had a lot of heart. And I, 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 I had never heard her curse until I took her to, um, to uh, uh, an event in Tijuana. I hooked her up to the, with to do a show in, in, in Tijuana, in Tijuana, Mexico. And, uh, and after the show, we're coming back, we're driving back home, and I had to, I mean, I had to take a leak, man, bad. And there was this uh, Arco station. We went in, and I guess they were mopping the floors or whatever to the bathroom. So they had this large cone so uh, for people not to go into the bathroom. But I went in anyway, you know. And the gal, the gal behind the counter yelled at me, you know. Hey, don't you see that, you know, the, the, the cones and this and that? And boy, Melina let it out, man. You fucking bitch, you. <laughs> Where do you expect him to piss? <laughs> I said, that sucked the hell out of me. <laughs> never heard, I had never heard uh, uh, Melina talk like that. <laughs> um, totally surprised me. Oh, my gosh. Do you have any other stories of Melina? Well, <laughs> Melina, she, she was just, uh, you know, she was great, you know. Um, there was a promotion, but Melina sometimes depended on other people for rights to the schools. Yeah. Which, uh, at one time, she depended on Shelly Martinez to, to, to give her a ride there, you know. And, uh, and uh, But then they had a fallout. Everybody has a fallout in wrestling, don't they? They sure do. <laughs> some kind of a problem, you know. And so uh, she wasn't getting the rights from from uh, Shelly, Shelly Martinez. And there was a promotion that was running out of Chicago somewhere. They were, uh, it was a women's promotion. And they were looking for gals to send in their, you know, their uh, whatever, you know, their information. To hopefully they, they'd be able to use them. So I told I told Shelly, send your stuff in, you know, send your stuff in. I don't think she ever did. And then Melina, I hadn't seen for a while because of their fallout, you know, she wasn't getting the right to the school from from Shelly. So I hadn't seen her for maybe over a month, and I gave her a call. I I, I called her. I said, "Look, here's some information. Uh, send you know a tape. Send your information to this this promotion out in Chicago, and see what happens." And she did. She wound up working for them. They used her as a like a native, you know, like uh, like, a, like an Indian. I don't know if you remember anything like that. Uh, and so, um, anyway, so she got the job, and Shelly never did. She, Shelly could have probably wound up working for them, but she never, she never, she never sent it. And so, once she came back from doing all of that, that's when I I, I suggested to her, I said, "Well, keep on training, Melina. Let's let's see who." if we can take you into a WWF at the time. And uh, so anyway, so we, uh, we did, uh, I believe she got, uh, we did something for Superstar Billy Graham. I, uh, he was having some serious 
kidney problems and all kinds of stuff, you know. And he was needing surgery and he, he needed money. And I had suggested the, to do a fundraiser, actually in Bakersfield, as a matter of fact. Oh, that's where I'm from. Your, home, your hometown. Yeah. <laughs> I think you said you were from Bakersfield, weren't you? Yeah, I was. Yeah. Anyway, I uh, I was doing some events there for for a bit, and uh, I I decided to do a fundraiser where I brought in uh, wrestlers from different promotions to help out on this fundraiser to be able to draw. We used UPW uh, and guys from up north, and I mean I just we did a whole bunch of matches, and. Uh, and we, we, we used Molina on that, and uh, I'm trying to think who else um, that, that made it into WWE. Uh, uh, man, let's see, let's see. Um, I think I, I'm trying to think if, uh, I'm trying to think if Tom Trichard uh, came out to that show as well. I, I don't know, because WWE said, no, they might have, no. It, 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 what I think I sent uh, videos of the show or whatever. Yeah. Because I had called the office. I called uh, Vince's office and and told him what I had uh, what I was doing for for um, uh, superstar Billy Graham. And so they actually sent a thousand a thousand dollar check for Billy. And you know I had forgotten all the heat that, that Vince had with uh, with uh, Billy Graham at the time, and I, I I don't think I was thinking because then, you know. There was some tremendous heat over the steroid uh, situation yeah. and everything that had got that had, had happened before then, and yet Vince uh, sent a thousand dollars and sent me a box of merchandise to uh, auction off, you know, and we made superstar a good amount of money, and um, and it was through that that, that that they had seen a tape of uh, Melina, and uh, and Tom Preacher helped uh, actually he, he likes to take credit for this here, which I you know. I, I love Tom Critcher. He's a good guy. And uh, he, he always kidded around. Hey, I, I discovered, you know, Melina. Well, that's great. But that, that's how she, you know, eventually she got in with uh, WWF. And uh, I remember when she had her, uh, her first tryout, I, I wasn't able to be there. I had to be in Phoenix for some other stuff that I was doing. And uh, But the word got was that uh, everybody was, uh, I mean, she was, you know, I mean, she was... Probably nerves being there and everything, but everybody uh, treated her well, and everybody kept saying, "Hey, Jesse's girl, Melina, Jesse's girl," you know. And they, she she was treated very nicely by by everybody. I was very happy for that for her. Well, that's good. She was um, pretty good um, mm-hmm. in the ring. Um, I liked watching her wrestle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, also, you refer. Yeah, yeah, you refereed a lot too. Um, you also refereed over at Wow. What was that like? Oh yeah, the, the WOW promotion. Yeah, a, a number of times that you know WOW was on and then it was off and then it was back on again. <laughs> so I got uh, I got a chance for two different uh, times working for them. Uh, the, and then the, the last time I worked for them, I they had me helping with the ring and the boy the they had two rings and the one they they had to use for you know for training only and the other one for shows and and then sometimes we had to set up. Uh, both rings for for training and and then uh, traveling with that that was hard work. That's one of the hardest rings that we've ever worked with, man. <laughs> I bet it was heavy, very heavy ring. So, uh, heavy wh- ring. so uh, what matches did you ref uh, ref for? Wow. Well, 
man. You know, we won't do it. Every time we did, uh, it mainly worked at, uh, worked for the TV, for the TV shows. Uh, that, uh, man, Jesus. <laughs> I, can't, I can't even remember, but you know, so many. Hey, but you, uh, on the last, um, well, uh, and one of the times that I worked for them, actually, uh, or was it the first time? I think the first time that I worked for them, they had me looking for another referee. And I had, there was a kid that came in from Indiana to train with us at the school. And uh, good looking guy, you know, young. And uh, just looking at him, and, and because of what the referees that I had, one was too young. He was like 14 years old. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one was too tall. You know, and they needed a referee that was, a, 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 you know, 18 and over because uh, because of the, they were planning and supposedly they were, their goal was to eventually to run in Vegas. And so I see this one kid come in on a on a Saturday and uh, and then, you know I said man I'm looking for I wonder if this guy could referee. I told the guy hey listen before the before practice is over I'm going to have you referee a match. If you do well I might be able to get you a job with Wow because <laughs> the guy had trained. He had trained in Indiana as a wrestler, so I knew that he, you know, he was familiar with, uh, with you know, with wrestling. So I had him referee. He did well. I said, "All right, here's what you do: on Tuesday you come in, bring me a picture of you wearing a referee shirt, black pants, so that I can send it off to Dave, Dave Mc, uh, David McLean, and see if he'll hire you." And he was hired. He got hired, and and then he he also got paid. To help train the girls, so whatever he was learning with us during, you know, on, on training night, he was uh, sharing it with the girls over there to to help uh, to help train them as well. And and, and they he got lucky; he was getting seven hundred bucks a week at the time, uh, just for hanging around and train and then training with the girls. Oh, he was loving that being around with all those women. <laughs> yeah, and so then he eventually he wound up working on the on the uh, on the. The, that uh, Macho Man Randy Savage on the Spider Man movie. He was one of the. He was a referee on the Spider Man movie. He got the job there for that as well. That's pretty good. Now um, let's talk about the Young Bucks. You got to know them a little bit too. Tell me a great Young Bucks story. Well, I can tell you one. Uh, I've known I've known the kids forever, and one time they were out there um, going over their match. You know they. Uh, it was at uh, an armory hall out in, um, in in the valley, and I'm looking at them. And finally, when they had a, a chance to uh, step out from you know talking to their opponents and stuff, I said, "You know, you, you son of a gun, you remind me of the uh, the Midnight Rockers, <laughs> Michaels and Marty Janetti. <laughs> you really remind me a lot of of them." And they said, "Really?" I said, "Yeah." Well. A month later, because they were running shows in uh, in Hesperia, a month or so later, they bring in Marty Janetti to to wrestle for them. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and and another thing, and they started dressing like the the rockers. You know, they started dressing just like them. And and then uh, it, I don't know how many months or maybe a, I don't know eight months later or whatever, they were getting a tryout with uh, WWE, and I was there. And uh, visiting, and I introduced them to um, to Shawn Michaels. So they were very happy to, you know, 
they they were nervous as heck, you know. But uh, yeah, that's one of my stories with them. I just recently rented out my ring, you know, with a with this virus situation. They, you know, they needed to film a little segment at uh, at one of their their houses there in uh, Hesperia. So I took my ring out there, and they shot some scenes and and got a little payday out of it. So that was good. <laughs> Oh, that's pretty good. You got a yeah. You you knew uh, the young bucks when they were first starting <laughs> and, uh, out, man. Yeah, and, and it so happened that uh, Nick, uh, when when I took the ring up there, he had just uh, he he just had a baby. His wife had a baby, and when he the when he took her in, they wound up keeping her for three days. And you know, and they told him if you leave the hospital, you're not coming back in. So he wound up sp- spending three days with his wife there in the hospital. He said he was driving him nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 shoot, I bet it was, man. <laughs> yeah, said he, he didn't want to. He didn't want to leave her. You know, if he he knew that if he left the hospital, he wasn't going to get back in. So he wound up staying there. Um, also, you have a Hulk Hogan story too. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh man, when Mike LaBelle was running. And uh, he used to be involved uh, with uh, with uh, the, the you know uh, taking care of the visas for this gal named Chica. She's the one. She's the one that sent the wrestlers to uh, New Japan. And uh, but she didn't know anything about the paperwork for the visas. So uh, I, I was handling you know on those Mondays that I would go in uh, and to help uh, at Mike's office. You know, I did that after he. Um, yeah, after he sold uh, his rights to uh, to Vince, I will go in on Mondays, and I will do the paperwork for 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 the visas and stuff like that. And uh, well, it so happened that any time a wrestler traveled to Japan uh, to work uh, for New Japan, either on the way to Japan or on the way back, they had to work for Michael Bell. That way, he could he could utilize the the wrestler and uh, take advantage of the situation. Well, Hogan came in one time, either he was coming back from Japan or on his way to Japan, and uh, that's the first time I I had ever met him. And we were both there early in the dressing room, and he he comes up to me, and he he looked a little nervous and stuff, you know? How you doing, I'm Hulk Hogan. Yeah, I said, I'm Jesse Hernandez. And then I said, brother, you seem a little nervous, what's up? Oh, man. Yeah, you, you wouldn't believe it, man. They 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 want me to wrestle as a baby face uh, tonight. I've never done that. <laughs> I said, oh, brother, you you'll be fine. And look look what he became. <laughs> look what he became. Can you imagine? Yeah, because when he he was, he, he was, he was afraid to uh, work as a baby face because he had never done that before. He had always been a heel. Oh, I know. He was a heel over at AWA before he came over to yeah. WWE. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Since since you did a lot of work for LaBelle and Vince McMahon, what were some of your greatest moments being part of the World Wrestling Federation? Oh, man. Oh, Jesus Christ, it was just incredible, man. Uh, refereeing the, the Hogan matches, the, uh, the Roddy Piper, the King Kong Bundy, the Macho Man Randy Savage, Hito Santana. Man, it was a, it was a, it was a dream. It was a dream. I remember, man. I remember when um, when Eddie Guerrero died, and I went to the funeral out in uh, Phoenix. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And and uh, and there, at, at that one moment where they 
to, they send everybody out, you know, for just the family to view view the body, you know. Uh, we all went outside, and I uh, I saw Vince, uh, him and his uh, wife and daughter were standing there against the wall there. And I walked up to Vince, and I said, Vince, I don't know if you remember me, Jesse Hernandez, you know. And uh, he said, of course I remember you, Jesse. And I said, Vince, I just want to tell you the, thank you for the for the memories that I that I was allowed to have, you know, working for your promotion all those, all those years, you know. I mean, the memories will live with, with me forever, you know. And, man, I I, saw, I, could, I swear I saw almost like a little, a small little tear in his eye, you know, when I, you know, when I was telling him that, you know. In other words, I think maybe he expected me to be asking him for a job again. I don't know, but, you know, but I was, I think, you know, I just wanted to, to thank him, you know. For allowing me those, you know, the opportunity to work for him, and I said, and everything that I learned, you know, by working for your promotion, you know, I utilized it in my own little small promotion, you know. And he was just grateful, man. He was grateful. And uh, I'm going to add another to another uh, to this story. Okay. Um, because uh, a month later, we went back for a WWE. Well, I went back to Phoenix for a WWE uh, event that they had. Uh, and because uh, I was taking a couple of my guys were getting tryouts. So we went out there, and this is a month after uh, Eddie's, Eddie's funeral, a month or so. So uh, me and, 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 and this one of my boys, uh, Brandon Gatson, are standing on, on one side of the ring, up to, you know, uh, up to the side, and Vince comes in. And he went straight, you know, to put on the, the headphones, you know, to the red, whatever, you know. It was early, you know, about noon or so, you know. And so, uh, and then he sees me. He looks up to where I was at, and he takes off his uh, headphones, and he walked all the way to where I was at. He shake my hand, bro. It was mad. I said, wow, unbelievable. And he says, how are you doing, Jess? I said, oh, I'm fine, Jess. Uh, Vince, thank you, you know. And then he went back and did his thing, you know. And the next day, we're in L.A., same thing. I'm well, almost on the same side. He comes in, grabs his headphones, sees where I'm at, but he's and Brandon says, "Yes, so he's sleeping at you." I know, bro, but he's not going to make his way up here, you know. He's not going to do it twice, you know. So I feel obligated to slowly, you know, because I'm very shy, you know, but I'm, you know, I don't like to bother people and stuff. So I start slowly making my way up to where he was at. And then he's on that side of the steps, and I'm on this side of the steps. And uh, he sees me, and then Michael Cole comes up like he's going to talk to him about something, you know. And he sticks his hand out and puts it right on his chest. And then sticks his hand out to me. How are you, Jess? I'm doing fine, so I just wanted to say hi. And, and that, man, I was shocked, man. I mean, it, was, it was an honor, and a real honor, you know, to, to have that happen. That's pretty good. And you said you ref to get no better. <laughs> oh, dude, you probably were in heaven. I bet. Yeah. I bet you were marking, weren't you? <laughs> uh, I was marking like a son of a gun. <laughs> <laughs> so um, when you, too easily, but <laughs> <laughs> so when you ref some matches for WWF, um, what was it like refing uh, Piper's ma- uh, Piper match? Oh man, yeah, amazing, amazing, yeah. Oh. Uh, man, just totally amazing, and more so, you know, uh, working together on that movie Body Slam with him. 
he had so much love, so much respect for our business, bro. That uh, I think in one of the matches that they had there, I remember so clearly. Uh, he, my my tag team partner, was a referee on that match, and uh, and he told my partner, he says, uh, Juan, when 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 they say cut, we're gonna continue. We, we've got people in this audience, you know. We we got an audience here. I don't want to give it away, you know. I want to show them that you know this shit's for real, man. <laughs> so uh, my partner said, "All right, man." So anyway, so the director, I'll meet him. Yells cut, and he's, and nobody nobody stops. Everybody, Piper and Tom Decatur still kicking ass, you know. And then they hell need him just yelling and screaming, "Stop, stop!" He literally jumps over the top rope into the ring, man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's crazy. That's the, kind of per- that's the kind of person Piper was. He, he had so much love, so much respect uh, for our business. Um, a few years ago, uh, you know, a little bit before he passed on, uh, I, I rented my ring out to uh, this promotion out in San Diego. Uh-huh. And uh, and Piper was there, you know, to sign autographs and, you know, and they did some kind of a, like a podcast thing, you know, or whatever in the ring, you know. And uh, after the ma- after the matches, and but during the day, he took one of my uh, one of my students that I had with helping me with the ring. He took him to the side and said, started guiding him, you know, to, to talking to him about you know the business and you know uh, how, how 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 to conduct himself and you know. I said, man, that's that's you know you, you can't even buy that, man. I, I felt so proud. Uh, and my guy, I, I, I'm sure that he was very happy and very proud to uh, to have to had Piper just just guide him and then talk to him about her business and everything. It was a beautiful experience, man. Beautiful experience. On that same day, Goldberg was there. Goldberg was there uh, for that for that same event. And um, and he, you know this was during the day. The ring was set up. You know it was way before the show started. But some people were there. You know getting autographs and he was standing there talking to some people and uh, yeah probably signing uh, autographs uh, and so on and this um, I didn't know it was his brother but this guy comes up to me and he says yeah I got my I got my son and my, and my nephew here do you think that they can get in the ring and you know and and before I said anything uh, that this is Goldberg's son well, how can I, how can I deny that, you know, Goldberg's son to get in my ring, you know, he was very young, because he was just a young little boy, and I said, well, uh, it'll have to be under my guns, I'll have to get in there with him, I'll let him come in, I'll show him how to, you know, do some tumbling, maybe run the ropes, but, you know, I, I don't want him getting hurt, so I get the kids in the ring, showing, showing them how to run the ropes, showing him, the, showing both of them the, the tumbling and stuff, you know. And Goldberg looks up to to the ring, sees his son. He literally just left the group of people that he was standing with, and and man, he almost had tears in his eyes watching watching his son in the ring. He had never seen. He said, "I never seen my son in in a, in a wrestling ring before." Man, this is it was exciting for him to 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 see that. Oh, I bet it was. Yeah, so that's a Goldberg story there for you. That's <laughs> oh, another Goldberg story. Man. Okay, uh, I don't. I, 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 Remember that TV show they had? Uh, I don't know if you remember it. Uh, 
Jost versus Prost. Oh, yeah, I remember that, yeah. And Goldberg wound up um, uh, working that. I used to run my ring out there anytime they had any, any whether it was boxing or wrestling scenes or whatever, they needed a ring. You know, I was always working. Well, that particular uh, time that I went, uh, Goldberg was to wrestle a some uh, guy from some university. He was a uh, university wrestler from somewhere back east. And uh, there's, you know, they're supposed to do this, like a... a uh, an amateur type of match, you know? And so, so they set up the rules and that if, uh, the way they, they had left it is, uh, if, if one puts the other one on his, on their both shoulders down, even if it's for one second, no, that's not, there, it's over. And, well, the, Goldberg left to go to the dressing room and then the guy kept bothering the, the, the producers and said, you know, how about if I, you know, what about if I roll him from one shoulder and onto the other? And that'd be counted as a, as a pin. They said, no, 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 we can't do that. And, but he kept bugging and bugging and bugging this guy, these guys. And that they finally, all right, that then we'll do that. All right, don't grab this. But they didn't tell Goldberg. They didn't tell Goldberg. And so I'm in the ring. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm listening to all this bullshit with his guys and stuff. And then Goldberg comes in to do the match. And I can come to the side as a brother. They, they, they just changed it on you. Now, if he rolls you over from one shoulder to the other, it's called a pin, you know? Uh, and you lose. And boy, Goldberg raised so much hell, bro. He screamed and, are you, I'll kill this son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so he just, he went nuts, man. Uh, I've never seen anything like that, bro. So they had to change it back. And luckily for him, because during that match, you know, he did roll him from one, one shoulder to the other. He got, Goldberg got uh, rolled over. Oh, wow. Uh, it would have been a lot for him. It would have destroyed him. His <laughs> career. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but Goldberg owes me one, man. He sure does. So, just you know, <laughs> I think he might have already paid it. Uh, actually, uh, Goldberg listed in uh, San Diego, where I had a student at the time. That, uh, that was from that area. He'd run into Goldberg one time at uh, at the Home Depot, and Goldberg uh, and he wanted to know where you know he was looking for a wrestling school. This guy and Goldberg sent him to me. He said, "Hey, there's a guy Jesse Hernandez out in San Bernardino. Go check him out. He'll he'll trade you." So okay, he paid me back. <laughs> hey, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. So Jesse, thank you so much for coming onto the show tonight. Well, you know, I, I get a little excited with, you know, with uh, what, what I've been through in my in my career in wrestling, man, it's just incredible, man. I'm very proud to have been a part of this. And uh, and let's see what happens with this virus situation when we can get back and start doing shows again, man. I'm looking forward to that. Oh, me too. I'm looking forward to getting um, to see some independent shows and getting back working with my promotion. Um, I work for uh, Future Great Wrestling in Cincinnati, but like That's I, right. yeah, but like I said, this was a pleasure for having you on. Well, thank you, brother. Thank you. So, I appreciate it so much. So, Jesse, where can everybody find you on social media and your uh, and Empire Wrestling Federation? Well, I got a Twitter account EWF Jesse, Instagram EWF Jesse. Uh, we got a lot of stuff on YouTube, Empire, uh, EWF Wrestling. There's, like a, there's a lot of uh, wrestling matches on there. And we're on Empire Wrestling Federation for the promotion and, uh, and SOHK training for the wrestling school, School of Hard Knocks. All right. Thank you so much. 
everybody else, uh, thank you for uh, listening to Wrestle Podcast. Good night.